1: you <laughs>
2: What's up? Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast. Happy Wednesday. My name's Adam Hogue alongside Nicholas Moriano, the new Bears linebacker. According to a lot <laughs> of people on Twitter, no, that's Nick Moreau. This is Nicholas Moriano. A little bit of a size
0: difference, I, I would yeah. say. Um, speed athletic similar? Ability, uh, uh, no. You don't got the speed? No, okay. I don't have much of the athletic you know, ability that Nicholas Moreau has but yeah I've gotten like five different people I had to read that twice Nick like are you tweeting that yourself I'm like I'll take the money but that's about it like did you get confused for a second were you like whoa did I just get signed? well I didn't I didn't notice it I okay. guess I just glanced over I'm like what do you guys say? I'm like okay the letters they they yeah. make sense like that's not my name Um, <laughs>
2: yeah welcome in though there are some moves to talk about they're not big moves Uh, the Bears seem to have lost more players at this point than gained, but I think if you actually look at this from Ryan Poles' perspective, I at least understand it, so we are going to get into some of that, uh, but make sure you're you're chiming in throughout the show, you can follow us on Twitter at chgo underscore sports, at chgo underscore bears, I'm at Adam Hogue on Twitter, he's at Nicholas Moriano on Twitter, and uh, you should be... Checking out PointsBet as well. The show is presented by PointsBet. Use that code CHGO to live your bet life. All right. Give me your first impressions. They they do sign the linebacker,
0: uh, Nick Morrow, and then uh, the guard, Lucas, Lucas Patrick. Patrick. Yeah, so the the Moreau signing, uh, again, I just had to really look him up to be completely honest. A guy <laughs> that didn't um, that play happened? last year. Yeah. yeah. Didn't play last year because of an ankle injury. He sustained in training camp. But... When I was watching him Adam, knowing that he has a a safety background, being being a safety in college, you can definitely see that on tape in terms of how he moves in space, how he's able to close off um, just some of those out routes in the flat. He had, I mean, in 2020, that was his career high in a bunch of statistical categories in terms of starts, tackles with 77 tackles for loss, sacks, and he was actually um, in that 2020 season Adam, he finished first in the NFL among all linebackers with nine passes defended. So the more I watched him, and it got late last night, so it was like a couple of games, it's like I could see why the Bears made the signing. Well, I think what's interesting is the speed
2: that he brings to the table because it's something I know we talked about last week on the show. Is it a foregone conclusion that Roquan Smith is really going to be the Will linebacker instead of the Mike? And, you know, I saw our friend Greg Gabriel tweet this out last mm-hmm. night after the signing that Moreau can play both spots, and maybe with that speed he's actually better suited at the will. I, I, I'm i very interesting to see, interested to see how that shakes out because I know when uh, um, Matt Eberflus made the comment at the combine, like, oh, you know, he wasn't really – willing to commit yet to Roquan Smith being that will linebacker. And I've always sat here thinking, like, to me, he still makes sense as a Mike, too. Like, I understand his skill set translates to that weak side linebacker spot. But at the same time, I always picture Roquan as that quarterback of the defense right now. Um, Granted, he'll be learning a new defense himself and going through all that. But I don't know what's going to happen. I just... I found the signing interesting as opposed to, like, Anthony Walker, who, by the way, re-signed with the Browns. Mm -hmm. That's a name that's come up because he's more of that prototypical, probably Mike linebacker in this defense, and instead they went a slightly
0: different route. And, look, Matty Reflews, Ryan Posey talked about, you know, the body types in terms of the players that they're going to bring here. You look at Moreau, he does seem like he would fit more of that, that well, and maybe with Roquan Smith, it's not, like you said, a foregone conclusion. I think I was... A little early on that, um, I guess, direction that he would just play the will and no questions asked. But this sign does indicate maybe there there can be, you know, a, a fluctuation as to how they want to approach that. But yeah, it just seems like Roquan Smith being the leader of this defense now that Khalil Mack is gone, most likely Akeem Hicks when it when it gets announced there he'll be gone. Like this is Roquan's this is Roquan's defense and just him being that middle linebacker I think would just make the most sense.
2: All right, I want to talk about Lucas Patrick, though. I like this signing, um, and at first, it, when the name came across, like, I'm familiar with him, obviously, he's been with the Packers for a while, so most of those guys here in Chicago were used to seeing, even on the offensive line, but I I, I have to admit, I didn't realize that he started as many games like I know he's been filling in and been a start but he's really become a full-time starter the last two seasons and that coincides with that Packer offensive line getting pretty good too Um, which was more of an issue I think in the Mike McCarthy late Mike McCarthy years you know since Matt LaFleur's taken over that offensive line's gotten pretty good and here's a guy that instantly you you can kind of judge how good a player might be based on the uh, Twitter reaction from the mm-hmm. fan base. Like oh, yeah. you got to be a little bit careful about it. Like, I, and I know we're gonna get this probably get to this in our next segment. Like, I think there's some overrating of some of the Bears players on <laughs> Twitter that they've lost. Um, but right away, like the the reaction from Packers, Packers and and I'm talking about like reporters I, I respect and trust their opinions. Yeah. We're like this is a this is a loss for. Green Bay and of course the Bears have Luke Getzey as our offensive coordinator came over from Green Bay so he knows Lucas Patrick well I think the only question here is does he play center or guard but at first I was like okay this seems like a depth
0: move and then within five minutes I'm like oh no they signed this, him to be a starter yeah no absolutely and just kind of gauging again more so what the Packers um, coaching staff thought of him heading into that week 17 matchup last season against the Minnesota Vikings Malafleur. Had some uh, pretty, you know, high remarks for for Lucas Patrick. He said he was asked about the steadiness of the interior of the offensive line, and Matt LaFleur said Lucas is kind of the glue guy. He holds that whole group together. He brings that grit, that toughness, the way he competes, the way he cares about his teammates, and he's been doing it for a whole time here since we've been together, especially the last two years. So I think Lucas is playing at a really high level, and we're really fortunate that we have a lot of great people in that room. So, You hear what, you know, obviously the head coach is saying for a guy that's had to step in and what he had 822 snaps at center last season. So, like you were saying, Adam, a guy that has played, you know, a good amount of games there in Green Bay and has started, but seeing the head coach, what he had to say about him, we've uh, heard Aaron Rodgers has talked about him in the past. So, Lucas Patrick, and then also when you add in the Packers Twitter, because I always feel like it's the other way around where Bears Twitter is either, you know, complaining about somebody being, you know, lost, but... It's nice to kind of almost see the opposite end there. Yeah. By
1: the way, the chat guys, the chat is definitely a plus signing for Lucas Patrick. Sweet. You know, he's a center we've been craving. A lot of a lot of people are excited about the signing.
2: Yeah, and I think that um, you know part of that's probably just whenever you sign somebody from Green <laughs> Bay, right? It's like you're pulling somebody away. You get excited about it. No, but you know w- when you look at some of the stuff you just talked about, what Aaron Rodgers had to say about this guy. Um, having sort of that mean streak, we'll have Olin Krutz back in here tomorrow, yeah. and I'm lo- I'm looking forward to getting uh, his take on on Lucas Patrick. I'm sure he'll take some time to um, you know watch some film on him, and heck, he seems to know every offensive lineman there is in the league anyway. So, True. so True. I'm sure he has some uh, some
0: good opinions on him, and I'm looking forward to hearing those. Adam, I I just read the the lower third here. Now I actually thought that was my name. To be completely embarrassed. <laughs> like, I read that, I'm like, wait, wait, no, 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 we're not. Okay, so I can see why people got confused last night. That was weird. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um See, even he's getting confused. He's now a Bears linebacker. That's
0: that's all right. You're going to have to put on a little weight, just a little. Yeah. Height, weight, speed, strength. You know, all the, the physical attributes. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's interesting, though,
2: is, you know, I think the Bears – the big splash is still Larry Ogunjobi. Oh yeah, but you know they're 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 sort of still following. Everyone got I think a little um, maybe they were a little surprised when Joby got signed so quickly after the free agency window opened um, because Ryan Poles made it perfectly clear you know he wasn't really going to live in that top tier free agent range. And I think what's important is even Ogunjobi was not a crazy contract. It was. It was a reasonable one. It just happened to unfold pretty quick, and they got their three technique right away. These other moves are definitely sort of that second mm-hmm. wave of free agency, although technically none of this really is official until 3 o'clock today. True, true. And it could get wild at 3, depending on what happens with Deshaun Watson. Um, but, you know, I, I'm i okay with how this is unfolded. I know fans are getting a little anxious mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, I got to give a shout-out to my guy, David Kaplan. He's already predicting on the radio as I'm driving down here today that the Bears are going to be in last place in the that. NFC. I heard North. That this like, morning. Love you, Cap, but I'm not making predictions about the standings, uh, not even 48 hours. <laughs> we are now 48 hours into free agency. Like, let's wait till the dust settles. Really down a little. Bit. And I'll say what – I'll repeat what I said yesterday. Okay, I'll look right into the camera and say this. If you are predicting the Bears to be god-awful in the fall, this coming fall – then you are not on the Justin Fields bandwagon. That means you do not believe in the quarterback because if he gets better, I just find it hard to believe that the Bears are going to be any worse than the six wins that they had in 2021. I'm not saying they're going to be a great team. I'm just saying whatever they're losing on defense, whatever they need to kind of retool on offense, if the quarterback makes the jump, and that's still the plan here, right? That's why Luke Getzies here. The, all the development, like, it sh- still should happen. And I have questions about who the hell he's going to throw the ball to. Definitely. Of course, of course. Uh, but let's let the dust settle on that a little bit here, at least until after the draft. It, it, if
0: Justin Fields makes the leap, I'll be surprised if they're in last place in the NFC North. Same here. And look, as long as there's no games like Cleveland, Last season with this new Bears offense. And again, we don't know who Justin Field's going to be throwing to, but I just don't think they're going to go that unprepared in terms of how they want to approach attacking a defense and what the defense is going to bring at them. So I agree with you there, Adam. And for me last night, I was kind of looking at, okay, what have, when Ryan Pace first got his GM job in 2015, how they kind of approach free agency? They signed Pernell McPhee to their, you know, that big contract that, you know, uh, a similar age. And, um, what they did with, um, Joby here, but then the next two days, what they did in terms of signing free agents, they signed Antron roll and then Eddie Royal to three-year deals. And like, that's not this bears regime. They're not going out and again, putting these three-year contracts to guys that, you know, ultimately didn't work out for the yeah. bears. There and were there, a lot of bad, there were a lot agents. of bad, and that that bad. was the start of it in 2015. So Having a little bit of patience and seeing what Ryan Poles is, again, assessing the market, um, I think that's, that's good for the longevity of, of the Chicago Bears because we've kind of seen it go the other way where these moves haven't panned out and then the Bears are in a worse spot because of them. So, yeah, I was kind of looking into that just to see the comparisons, contrasts uh, of the two GMs in their first years. But like you, I do like what the Bears are doing. And maybe, you know, come 3 o'clock or later this afternoon, there will be some moves.
2: Um I was just going to say let's let's handle that super chat cuz I saw it come in. Uh and he says this is from uh Mitchell to your point Adam have people looked at the 2022 opponents. The schedule is much softer than last year and if the offense improves to average it's looking up. By the way, I would all, like I also don't want to say like I'm jumping on the bandwagon. If the Bears offense even just imp- improves to average like that's a significant leap and I, I like to me like a realistic goal would be to get in the teens like just ranking wise on offense yeah and even like late teens like if you can get to like number 18 number 19 that's a I that's mean, you're a jumping ch- up to, yeah you're jumping up a third <laughs> in the league uh, alone there but I do think that with Luke Getze with the quarterback that should be the goal right to, to make that type of jump to average as, it, as you put it
0: there um, and You know what I'm looking at, just kind of going back to that super chat, the opponents. Yeah. Atlanta Falcons, you have them on the road. We don't know what's going on in Atlanta. If they get Deshaun Watson, that looks a lot different, right? But you have the Atlanta Falcons on the road. Buffalo Bills, you play at home. That's obviously going to be a very tough matchup. Dallas Cowboys on the road. It's a tough game. Yep. Detroit Lions, obviously, home and away. Green Bay Packers, Vikings. Houston Texans at home. And again that the team Lovey Smith reunion, right? So that'll be an interesting game in itself. So you also have the Miami Dolphins. Again. I mean, look, two of your road games are
2: to New York against not great teams. So that that's that that's to the point. Like yes, and there's there's tough games. Like I don't expect the Bears to beat the Patriots on no. the road. I don't expect them to beat the Cowboys on the road. I don't expect them to beat the Bills at home. But you do have Washington at home is definitely a winnable game. And I'm just looking at games outside the division, mm-hmm. right? We could ignore the NFC North at this point, but Washington
0: at home, Miami at home, San Francisco at home. So that, that that's going to be a tough one too. But you know, I, when I saw the schedule and saw that both the New York games were in New York, I remember the guys in the press box were saying the only place worse in terms of food for the, in the press box is at New York. I'm like, Damn, and we got to go there twice. So it's like uh, because I, I'm curious just to see all these different stadiums and how it, it kind of looks in there, and even the press box and the food. But I'm like, oh, that was a little discouraging. Your mind's just like mine. I go straight to the food. That's like
1: number one. <laughs> yeah. It's
2: hard to do worse than Soldier Field. It, it ten is ten times a year. Just it's 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 raw. And you know what the worst part is? Some of the food on the concourse is actually really good. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a John Greenberg move to give a shout out to him from the athletic. He'll just go to the concourse and you know Smart. say this, screw the press box food. You know, I'm going to just go pay $20 for a hot dog. It's, worth it's pretty it. good. <laughs> it's worth, you it. know. Um <laughs> and by the way, if you are watching on YouTube, yes, I know the bottom of my shoes are kind of dirty, but that is the Chicago Stars. Oh, um, look at that. I- these were special NBA um uh, Nike came out with these at the All Star Game, I don't know how do I. Oh, there you go. Yeah, when the NBA All Star Game was here a couple years ago, that's awesome. Yeah, those are cool. So they were my basketball shoes, but then because of the pandemic, I had to retire from basketball, and now I wear them to work.
0: That's that's unfortunate, Adam, because Kyle and I were to, our, we were talking yesterday. We we're like, man, we it would be awesome. if We get a you know a couple runs in, just a couple games in, and we're like, I know Adam plays. Well, look, my
2: my retirement's a little bit. You know, longer than Brady-esque, Tom Brady's, yeah. but I can be convinced to come back for, okay. for a game or two, for Kyle, sure.
1: We may, we may have a game in the future. I'm a chucker. I mean, I haven't played in <laughs> all multiple right. years, but you <laughs> Let's know, I'm, see I'm all more the of that Costanza style at this point in my career. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> Get CHGO basketball team. I'm so down for it. All right. No <laughs> the scouting report there. Don't. Pass to Lawrence.
1: <laughs> pass to him. He just,
2: he just <laughs> throw the. You know the guy in pickup. He just like every time you pass it to him, he just throws it.
0: No, up. The one hander. No, no, we used no, to have no. somebody.
1: I, I have some skills. <laughs> I played. Okay. I just. It's been a while, and I'm just thinking my game is probably not as good as it should be at this point. Yeah, we can yeah. all probably say that honestly. That, that's all right. <laughs> all right. Um, we needed to talk about
2: some of the losses that the Bears have had. So I'm gonna. You know, let's talk about our friends at PointsBet here for a second. And then I want to I want to see if I can calm the fears a little bit of some Bears fans as we look at some of the players that the Bears have lost at this point and who they've moved on to. But uh, if you're enjoying what we are doing here at CHEO, and we love all the support that you guys have shown us so far, but the best way to support to support chgo right now is to download the points bet app use code chgo when you sign up and if you do that right now you'll get two risk free bets up to two thousand dollars but that's not it if you make a fifty dollars or more first time deposit you'll receive a free chgo membership which unlocks all of our web content and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the chgo locker so that's two thousand dollars in free bets a free CHGO membership, which is worth it on its own, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. And if you have any questions about all, any of this, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com. We'll help you out. By the way, I should also point out, because I got I got, I got got the email too, I believe if you purchase the CHGO membership before you went in and did PointsBet, they're willing to refund you the membership cost to still get it Look at through, through points bet because I did see that email go out. So, again, uh, if you have any questions about any of that, go to pointsbet at allchgo.com. We're taking care of you, I promise. So, uh, points bet is your home for live in play betting. And it just got better because now they have live college basketball same game parlay. Pretty good week for that. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same game parlay only with points bet. You can combine your favorite. Bats anytime during the game. If you want more, you can also boost your live same-game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, boost live, all with PointsBet, and now online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. Plus, during PointsBet Match Madness, All users can earn up to $100 in free bets during each round. Just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet.
0: Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. You can use that PointsBet and just gambling to bet on the Iowa Hawkeyes. I think that'd be a good... um... You know, wager there, right, right, Adam? I know how you feel. But I won't even let you uh, comment on that because I have to tell you about CHGO. Seems like a terrible bet. <laughs> if you aren't a member of our CHGO family, what are you waiting for? Members will have access to our premium content from all of our great writers. You also get a free T-shirt, like Adam was talking about, of your choice when you become a member and you get access to the members-only Discord The CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we have podcasts and live shows like this one on every team, every day. We just had the Chicago Sky um, debut a couple days ago, so go check that out. And, again, come join this amazing family here at CHGO that is constantly growing. And check us out on all of our social media platforms, CHGO, where you get everything Chicago sports. All right. Let's
2: uh, take a look at some of the uh, sort of the scoreboard, if you will, of what the Bears have done so far. Um, and this isn't even comprehensive because this is just what's official. And, and honestly, none of this is official even True. until 3 <laughs> o'clock today. But at least the the um, players that we know have moved on based on reports to other teams and things like that. So uh, obviously you have your rivals, the players we've talked about, Larry Ogunjobi as the three technique, Lucas Patrick sliding in on the interior of that offensive line. Nick Morrow, linebacker, uh, presumably, you know, sometimes I want to point – something out too. like sometimes the guys that you think are coming in to be starters in March. Mm, yeah. Don't even make the team by September. Like I'm not saying that's necessarily the case with any of these guys, um, but just don't overreact. Like I remember like when they when got Artie Burns.
0: Yeah. That was, you know, you're thinking that first former first round draft pick, he's going to get a yeah. new, new, you know, shot here in Chicago. But Obviously Patrick
2: and Morrow are players who, you know, legit play. Exactly, um, yeah. And so they had, certainly, as you look at the roster today, you'd think that they're sliding in their starters. Uh, Darrington Evans is a former third-round pick. He might fall into that category, to be completely honest. Yeah. I, Maybe. Look, I mean, the Bears obviously- claimed him off waivers. He's was a third-round pick, but he's been hurt. Like, yeah. first two seasons, he's struggled to get on the field. So, Depth guy at best, I think. They're.
1: I'm just trying to fill out the board for you. It look a little lopsided on <laughs> the departure side. No, it's it's okay. It I mean, sense.
2: it still illustrates the point that I think a lot of Bears fans are getting upset about right now, which is you look at the, the names on the right under departures, and those are all players, especially in Khalil Mack's case, but all the way down the board, that have been solid players and certainly had their moments as, oh, yeah, James Daniels, as a second-year player, oh, he's definitely the future. Like He's going to be somebody who gets an extension. Bilal Nichols, last summer we all thought he would get an extension and surprisingly didn't. But then he had a down year. Uh, Eddie Goldman, we talked about this yesterday. That's a big name to lose. Eddie Goldman hasn't been Eddie Goldman since 2019, though. Nope. So the point here, and the reason why I wanted to put this up, is because of those names on that board, only Khalil Mack, for me, as I graded out the film throughout the season last year, still played as a long-term starter. And the reason why I use that phrase in my grading scale is because I have starters and I have long-term starters. And there's a difference in that the guys that come into the long-term starter category are the ones that you want to re-sign and not let out of your building. So Khalil Mack was the only one of those guys that fit that for me last season, and he missed 10 games, yeah, so. right? And so you can still understand in his case why Ryan Poles did what he did. All these other guys, like, I think you're overpaying to bring them back On when you look at the money that they've, they've gotten from other teams. even in I would actually argue Jakeem Grant would be the, besides Khalil Mack, the next biggest loss on that list. He got paid pretty well by the Browns. But even in his case, I think, you know, Probably find a replacement. They might already have that guy with Khalil Herbert if they like him as a True, returner. Yeah.
0: So it might not be the end of the world. Yeah, you know, with those guys, it's like how many of them actually move the needle in terms of the guys that left outside of a Khalil Mack that makes your team in 2022, I don't want to say substantially better, but just a better team overall. To to your point, Adam, it's like Khalil Mack is a clear-cut favorite for the guy that can do that when healthy. But outside of that, you definitely have some uncertainty because those guys have just been inconsistent at best um, especially last season so that's like the big thing I will ask you this Adam are the bears at this point better or worse than what they were now after a couple of free a couple of signings well I, I think and that's kind of what I'm
2: getting at I don't know that they're much worse. Like I really, I I do not know that they're much worse because again, even in the case of Khalil Mack, like yes, you hear that you go, oh they lost Khalil Mack, they must be, but he didn't play the whole second half of the season. <laughs> so I'm looking at the team that they had towards the end of the season. Are they worse? I don't, I can't make a strong argument that they're worse, especially if you are going to sit. And I talked about this in the first segment and say, oh well, Justin Fields is definitely going to be better. Well then, as a whole, the team should be slightly better. I think. Like, I, I just, I don't know, and by the way, I should point out, because I know some of our commenters have already thrown it in there, Akeem Hicks's name, the reason he wasn't on that board is because he hasn't signed anywhere else yet. Yeah. It's not the same thing with Allen Robinson, not on that board yet because he hasn't he hasn't agreed to terms with another team. Um, but even in Akeem Hicks's case, now Hicks is, would also be in that same category as Khalil Mack as guys who were still playing at that long-term starter level uh, in terms of his actual play on the field. But in his case, he also missed he missed eight games last yeah. season. You go back to really the two seasons prior to that too, he just couldn't stay on the field. And at his age, 32, you can still understand why they're moving on from him as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And definitely in the chat, I, again, comment what you think. Are the Bears better? Are they worse? Or how much worse are they with those departures? We definitely want to hear from you. Um, kind of also just looking at like the, the departures and, and their rivals here, Adam, is there looking at what they've added? Is there something that you want them to see, want to see happen in oh. turn? Like, even if it's a position, like I think wide receivers, obviously like the one that a lot of people will talk about, like, when are they going to add somebody there? But look, the bears are, again, are slow playing this, checking out the market, seeing what they can do, what the, again, what they can sign people for. But if it was me... It's like I wanna, I do want to see him linked to some kind of wide receiver.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, you, they got to do something at wide receiver for sure. I, I mean, and that's the one, the one spot. As I just said, everything I said. Like if Allen Robinson already agreed to another team, I'd say they are they are worse at wide receiver right yes. now. Like yeah. there's no question, and that's concerning. They have to do something there. But again, we're 48 hours into this thing. Everything's official at three o'clock. You're gonna see more trades go down. It might not necessarily involve the Bears. But things are going to happen. Things are going to pick up. They're not going to go into <laughs> the season with this wide receiver group right now. Um, but to answer your question, I'm not going to harp on Jarvis Langer again because I think we've covered that enough the last couple mm-hmm. days. People can go back and, and you know check out those podcasts. But I would like to see a couple veterans like that thrown in the mix on affordable deals mm-hmm. that can mix in with this younger roster um, and In the case of Jarvis Landry, he'd certainly be helping out Justin Fields. I want to give you a name on defense, though. Okay. And, again, I don't expect this to happen. But I would – if I was in charge, I would do it. Honey Badger. Okay. They need a safety. Like, they don't – right now, they do not have a safety to pair with Eddie Jackson. And I would go after Tyron Matthew in a heartbeat. I've always loved his game. Um, He's moving on because the Chiefs have signed – already signed his replacement – and I would, I would, that's a guy who I would plug into the defense right away, I, an opportunistic player who fits the Eberflus model of taking the ball away. So that's somebody I, w-
0: I would sign right away. Culture guy, too, I think he, again, provides that veteran stability that, you know, when you look at the defense as a whole, there's not a lot of that at this point. So that's, that would be an interesting signing because they do need to bring back, uh, bring a, another safety at this point. Um, another guy that we have mentioned, like I w- for a similar kind of reasoning, but playing that outside corner with an Xavier Rhodes, mm-hmm. being somebody that does provide that veteran kind of presence opposite of a Jalen Johnson. And, you know, again, they do need to add just people at that position as well to play um, you know, opposite of an ascending player like Johnson. So that was another guy that I was kind of thinking of. We said Rasul Douglas as maybe like a one-year contract, taking taking a chance on a guy like that. But yeah, adding to the secondary. But, you know, again, going to the defensive side of the ball, I think that too, when when people were seeing some of these these moves being made, you obviously Ogunjobi, yeah, Moreau, and then you know two two defensive guys, and again, still very early with all the all the holes that are still in the offense.
2: Yeah, and uh, Chris there are, points out on YouTube that there's a polls connection there mm-hmm. with with Tyron Matthew because he would be coming over from the Chiefs. Um, that works both ways, by the way. You know, yeah, very <laughs> for, true. for all we know, Poles might not have a high opinion. I don't. I, I would think he would, but it, he may not. Uh, sometimes. That's uh, that's that's the case too. He's like, yeah, no, I'm good because you know he has <laughs> he obviously has more information on the situation than we do, um, and that's why he's the general manager and we are not. Although Nick, you are playing linebacker this apparently. year, apparently. <laughs> um, so you know, let's uh, let's we'll kind of update that list that we just put up for you as the moves continue to come in. I'm sure it'll look different by tomorrow. Um, it'd be nice if they would, you know, stop agreeing to deals at like 11 o'clock at night, That'd be great. you know, but, um, <laughs> you know, some deals are better than no deals. And I'm sure they'll,
0: I, I expect this thing to pick up at three o'clock today. Yeah. Same here. I think that's, and hope. Yeah. Anytime sooner than, you know, 11 at night would be great. You know, some of that we didn't kind of talk about here, Adam, that I do want to get your thoughts on with, with Lucas Patrick. And maybe we kind of, I, maybe it was in the chat too. It's like, is he a center or guard? Like obviously he has he has that um position versatility playing both in Green Bay, but given what the Bears currently have, and you mentioned Larry Borum, what if the Bears see him as potentially a guard in this in this um you know this offensive line group? If you were to again putting on your GM hat, is, is Patrick a center in your eyes or is he a guard? And once we get Oland on tomorrow, that's gonna provide some really great insight as well, but if we had to just kind of go at it right now.
2: Well, and the other possibility is, do they view
0: Jenkins as a guard? So put that into the mix as well.
2: I, I mean, to me, those are the two wild cards in all of this is even though Ryan Poles did not draft Larry Borum or Tevin Jenkins, they're still so young. I think showed enough mm-hmm. Jenkins case, very small sample size. Uh, and you got to be a little bit concerned about the back going forward, but they're both there's enough promise there with both players to me that I just would be surprised if the Bears are, if they're not in the plans to open up the first practice training camp as part of the starting five. The question is where, right? The, yeah. the question is where on that starting five on the offensive line. And that's where I'm struggling with the idea of moving Larry Borum to guard because I liked what he did at right tackle. Like, heck, I even liked what he did a left tackle for (laughs) a little bit, uh, which was a small sample size. And so this, I can see why people project him as a guard, but I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. Like, Like, let's not give up on him as a tackle. What if it's actually Jenkins who could end up being the better person to shift inside the guard? But regardless, I guess I'd be surprised if those two are your, two tackles, yeah. which means one of them would be moving the guard and Lucas <laughs> Patrick would be your center. Like, this is kind of like the puzzle you got to figure out in your brain, but that's why my guess is that Lucas Patrick uh, is at least coming in to kind of push Sam Mustafer at center. The great thing about that signing, though, is he has the versatility to go back and forth, maybe more so than... I know Cody Whitehair did a lot, but yeah. I think everybody's at the point where it's like, all right, Cody Whitehair's just keeping my guard. The
1: you know, two, this, this chat, I got it. The position versatility, this is what Jimmy Case says, the position versatility is the most BS concept I've heard. I just need a player to be good at one position. I, I want your take on this because, you know, it's almost like the if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks yeah, kind of thing, mm-hmm. We're like, shouldn't you want guys to focus? It's a totally different position. I, I don't think people realize that, like... Between playing center, playing guard, and playing tackle, like there's a lot of intricacies that like normal fans don't realize. Like, is it a good thing to have versatility on the line? Well, it's definitely a good thing yeah. to have. I
2: mean, I understand where the com- comments coming from, though, Jim Jimmy, because like I, I think the problem becomes if you're
0: constantly switching between the two, then you end up like the Bears have been with James Daniels, Cody White, Cody or, White. Then, or, cycling yeah. of just positions. I'll say this, the two things I don't want to see that being one of them is just, let's say you move in one of the tackles to guard and then the next off season, Oh wait, wait let's try and back a tackle. Like if you're going to make a move, do so with it being maybe a as long term, long songs, as, like injuries don't play an impact there to where these guys can grow into those positions because you didn't you didn't see that with Cody Whitehair or James Daniels where it was just a constant revolving door oh we're going to go this this off season even Kyle Long had to what start at was it tackle like the week before the um Oh yeah. Yeah, see it's like that they just that's an a right
2: tackle like uh, they signed Josh Josh Sitton and then yep. and then we're <laughs> like
0: okay now you're the right tackle. See Kyle? You, you can't be doing that. Yeah. And then the other thing it's you want your best five out there and you don't want to just have Sam Mussifer as a center because Lucas Patrick can play guard. If Lucas Patrick is a better center than than what Sam Mustapher is in, you know, I, I think that's the case. You put him at center and then you still figure out the rest as you kind of um, see what, what players that you have available. So those are like the two things that I don't want the Bears to kind of make that mistake of. Just, again, revolving people and then switching maybe a, a season later and then whatever your best five is out there. And if Lucas Patrick is the best center or a better center than he is a guard, you play him there despite what you may have or may not have in Sam Musfer.
2: Yeah. And so I think like in conclusion, I don't, I don't think position versatility is BS because it's extremely important, especially the backup center is an extremely important spot because you always have to have a backup center active on game day at any given moment. Cause if your center goes down, you have to have somebody else who mm-hmm. can snap the ball. Um, and that's why versatility is key because if you if that guy can also play guard, play multiple multiple positions, then that's helping you keep an extra guy on special teams active on game day and things like that. But I do agree that ideally you know they're good at one spot. <laughs> oh, by the way, they can also play another spot in a pinch, but yes, you want them to be we know this guy's the starting center, and if there's constant back and forth there, then it probably goes back to that idea of if you have two quarterbacks, you don't really have one because you can never really lock in on a guy at one
0: spot. That's what you don't want. No, that's not what you don't want, and before we continue this conversation, I just have to tell you a little bit more about our sponsorship with PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us to continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call one 800 4700 And if you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, you've
2: uh, probably already figured out that the live shows every day on every team are completely free to you. Uh, you can follow along right here, watch live. We appreciate those of you that do and and interact with the show, listen to the podcast later on your way home from work. Whenever you listen to them, those are free to you every day. But if you want more content, our premium written content is available for members at allchgo.com. You can get merchandise. The shirts are sweet. Uh, I can't wait to get mine to be, mm-hmm. start rocking these on the show. Uh, and you do get a free shirt when you become a member. There's also members-only Discord in the CHGO Lounge. So make sure you're, you're getting those memberships, supporting us at allchgo.com. All right, get keeping the show rolling here um, for another, what do we got here, another 20 minutes or so. 20 um, As we continue to... I guess look at uh, what Ryan Poles has done, and it's such a small sample size. I I know fans get anxious, and that's all part of the fun of this week, but,
0: you know, I think – I really don't think anyone should be surprised. No, just because of what he he stated out in his introductory press conference, even at the Combine, that second, third wave, and he's pretty much staying true to that. And, again, it hasn't even officially started. It'll start later this afternoon, so – yeah, I think you just see – I think what it is, Adams, like you see every other team, it feels like, in the NFL. Oh, they're they're associated with this player. They're signing this player for this amount of years, this amount of money. And then you're just the Bears, and you're just kind of waiting. Okay, when are we going to do something like that? Other than Larry o- uh, O'Ginobi. So I think that's where it comes from, Adam. It's like, oh, these players are improving their rosters, trying to do something for the 2022 season. And then the Bears are, again, kind of wait and see approach and – like I said, I think that's that's fine with the current state of this team, all the holes that they have to fill. They have to be strategic in what they can, you know, they can do. You can't just go out and throw money like the Jaguars have been doing. They they have the cap space and the luxury to do so. So when you're the Bears situation, again, you have to be a little bit more, like I said, strategic in what moves you make, who you pursue. Should you go get that veteran that maybe has some wear and tear in them, or do you go that that younger run, a younger player that may be unproven? So. It's it's it is all about patience, but again, I think there should be some moves later on today or in
1: you know, the coming days. Uh guys, Corey gave us a super chat here and he added this question. Um, what about Jabril Peppers at safety? Coming off injury he'd be a guy I'd target for a short term prove it deal. What are your thoughts?
2: I mean, I don't hate it. I mean I, I think the 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 good thing about that second safety spot is you know, we we've seen the Bears constantly be able to fill that True. without too much of a problem, right? Yeah. You know, and Tashawn Gibson's a, a guy that I don't. When did he he resigned last year? Really late. Like it was really yeah. Like was that May already? Like it was. I think it was somewhere around there. Because, it was. It was after the draft, which is a good segue to what I was just about to talk <laughs> about here, because first of all. Just in the last like hour, we're seeing more names from cap casualties pop up on the market. The Commanders, you may have heard of them. Great, forget about great team. Ooh, the Commanders, yeah. uh, they they are releasing Eric Flowers. Interesting on their offensive line. So that's a name to keep in mind. The Raiders releasing Carl Nassib today. He's a four three defensive end type. So and you got to start thinking about it. And that sense like the Bears going out potentially signing uh, cheap valued prototypical 4-3 end in this new this new defense that they have the, there's every year you see moves after the draft mm-hmm. when did the Bears release Charles Leno last year after they drafted Man. Tevin Jenkins so this all doesn't need to be figured out today this week over the next couple weeks there's going to continue to be moves here over the next, you know. F- Heck, they traded for Khalil Mack five days before the season started. <laughs> like, exactly, like, that's yeah. the best example <laughs> of, of, like, altering <laughs> Last your roster. minute things happening. Yeah, so, this this thing's going to continue uh, for, oh, what are we, seven months from the start of the season? <laughs> yeah, the, so. There's
0: time here, guys. Plenty of time, and it's if you are, you know, the first to pounce in free agency, you miss out on maybe some of these moves that happen later on where you're maybe not expecting a player to be released, but it happens. And then you already signed somebody to a luxury deal. It's like, oh, could we have gotten maybe similar production out of, you know, whatever position you're trying to to fill there? So, again, like, their names are popping up. The Bears may do their homework on them. They may not, but they, they didn't go out and do something initially, and that gives them the option to do so now, which I think in this current state that the Bears are in, You have to weigh all of your options. A couple more super chats to
2: get to. uh, Tom, who's been uh, flying in here with these on the show so far. We appreciate you, (laughs) Tom. Uh, How do you guys feel about Armstead or Eric Fisher being signed by the Bears? I I mean, I I think Armstead would be a huge prize. Love the idea. Think that, especially when you factor in the amount of cap space the Bears have next year. I mean, if you can lock down your left tackle right now, for Justin Fields in twenty twenty two, because remember you can manipulate these contracts in mm-hmm. a way where like it doesn't really hurt you this year. Load it to next year, you know when you know you are going to have more space. That's a move I would definitely make. You know,
0: Eric Fisher to me, I feel like he's on the downward trend. If if anything, well, not in the same I guess category as as a Toronto. Arm to me, he's kind of
2: in the same sort of stratosphere as Charles Leno. Yeah, and that is. He's a starting caliber left tackle. You could certainly do a lot worse. If you want to do better, you're gonna to have to pay a lot more, um, unless you you know you hit on your left tackle in the draft, which we don't know if the Bears have at this point, right? With, with Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. So Fisher to me it depends on the money, but uh, you know I would wait a little bit before I sort of settle. I think you'd be settling on Fisher. Armstead would be the guy you're going out and grabbing.
0: That would that would make a lot of Bears fans very happy seeing, you know, that that name, that player associated with their team, especially because there's still so much good football left in him. And coming from, you know, obviously the Saints and being that he was able to hunker down that side. Yeah, the Bears would definitely take a player like that. Um, Adam, so I, I have an article that's being – uh, we're waiting to see when we're going to publish it about the – the Chiefs drafts in their draft history and kind of when Ryan Poles was there since 2009, obviously we talked about the Bears not addressing wide receiver yet. The Chiefs, since Ryan Poles has been there, they haven't drafted a lot of wide receivers early in the draft, second and third round. Since 2009, they've drafted three it's in the second and third round. But given the current state of this team, and we'll see if any more moves are made, would, you, would that be maybe a trend that you think gets broken? Where, hey, where they go after one oh, in the
2: second round and we just, second
0: or third round they just they've only drafted 3 since 2009 in those two rounds
2: and we just had a uh, super chat up there I think about drafting Christian Watson the wide receiver out of North Dakota State it's, and it's um, you know you know I think he definitely falls in that range of one of those two second round picks that the Bears have I I like Christian Watson 64 um 43 f- four, 44 speed in yeah, a 436 <laughs> vertical jump 38 and a half. I, he's definitely, you know, with that size, with that speed, somebody who has helped himself a lot in the pre-draft process, in my opinion. I think um, when, you, when you turn on the tape, he definitely has some things that need to be cleaned up a little bit. But, you know, his father played in the NFL. He's got good lineage there. I, I like Christian Watson a lot. So that's somebody I would consider. I, you know, I, I'm a little – I don't want to – it's hard to put too much on what the Chiefs did on sure. Ryan Poles because mm-hmm. he wasn't one that call
0: the shots, you know. Yeah, a yeah. lot of guys, put especially in, early on, he wasn't
2: put on, put in so much work on so many players that never played for the team you worked yeah. for. That that really, I still think like we need a couple years of sample size of what Ryan Poles actually does in charge before we can really. That was his pick, you know. You know. Yeah, start, per, but it's a to me it's a position in need, and until they start. Signing guys or filling in the the giant holes on the depth chart right now at wide receiver. Yes, they could be drafting wide receivers
0: in the second round, and I and I would honestly hope that they would be. Yeah, just because again, you need playmakers for Justin Fields. They don't they don't really have that as of right now. Uh, you do you do still need to see what you have in a Cole Komet, which is a guy that I feel like so far this offseason hasn't been talked about very much. Which is, I mean, again. It's it's the off season. We're in March right now. And there there's still plenty to to be done. But I still think that you you definitely want to just get as much there as possible. And you're not gonna be able to do that in one offseason. That's the thing too. It's like we have all these holes that the Bears need to fill. Yeah, and you have you have six draft picks now with the Khalil Mack trade, but you still can't realistically fill those positions with, you know, the, these absolute best playmakers. It's like you have to be strategic in how you kind of address each one of those holes and then you can kind of go again maybe that's a 2023 offseason where you can maybe address a a position a little bit more um, just just better in terms of the production of a player so a lot of holes to fill not you would obviously love more draft capital other than the six but yeah they just have to be they just have to really value what position they can put right now that will help Justin Fields you know just for this 2022 season and, by the way,
2: with Christian Watson, um, you know, I can't speak into – we're still too far out from the draft for me to go in-depth on too many of these prospects, but he's one guy that I'm not afraid to because I have looked into him a lot. Um, first of all, like, if you're not paying attention in North Dakota State – You should be. Because you should be. <laughs> not, not only are they just become a powerhouse FCS program, but they are putting dudes into the league every year now, like on a regular basis. And if you're – like, if you're a player – who feels like – a high school player, like, that feels disrespected that you're not getting FBS offers, like, that's the place to go if North oh, Dakota absolutely. State is willing to take you um, because it's become such a good program to so the point that, like, I am regularly turning on their games when I can during the season when they're on TV. Uh, and so a guy like Christian Watson, you know, the knock on him is – there's a little Allen Robinson in his game in that mm. – Probably more of a long speed type guy. And he's probably a little faster overall. I'd say when you you know consider he ran a four three six, but there's not a ton of short area quickness. So on like short intermediate type routes, you know, corners are pro- probably going to be able to stick with him, um, and you might have some separation issues. I think that's because otherwise you see six four that speed, you're like this guy must be a first round pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's got to be something there, but character seems to be good. You know, I always say, like, these guys are so young. They're going to grow. They're going to develop. And that's another part of this. Like, I hope the Bears can figure out. they got to develop some of these guys better. You, you, and that's going to be key, yeah. With- you know, like, I know people are like, why is James Daniel Why did you know, James Daniels always oh, still got upside? He's still so young. But, like, he's been here for four years and hasn't taken off. And I think, that, like, not all that's his fault. You also look at the organization. And you're like, when this guy was showing so much promise in year two, like why didn't it go to the next level? And I would argue, actually, I thought he was playing his best early part of year three before he got hurt. Like I'm like, oh, yeah. this guy's finally starting to take off, and then it didn't happen. Blame the injury, blame the lack of development, whatever. The Bears
0: in general, what whatever position position we're talking about, needed to be
2: better at developing
0: these guys. Yeah, and the, I mean that's going to be the big thing with this new regime coming in. It's like how can they take Already the players that are on this roster, but again, take them to that next level. Specifically, uh, I look at Justin Fields being that guy that needs to obviously take that next step with Luke Getsy, who, like I've said before, he's going to be doing a lot more, I think, just coaching in terms of what he had to do in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and what he now he has to do with Justin Fields. But that's going to be so big if this this new era of Bears football is going to have any success. Can they take the players that they're going to draft? the players that are currently on the roster, the players that they're going to still acquire in free agency and ultimately make them better than where they maybe were previously. And if they can, maybe finally see them turn that corner and become eventually competitive in the NFC North. And that would be huge for what this organization really wants to do. But, again, we're not going to know this right now in March. It's impossible to know that. So once we can finally go to practices and see games, then we'll, we'll kind of get an indication of where that's going. Uh, let's take one more question. Then there's a couple actual notes from around the league I want to hit before
2: we get out of here. But uh, here, here's one last one, real question. What would be more important for fields next year, more protection or more weapons? You can't have Mooney to be wide receiver one, but you can't have him always sacked either. What's the solution? Well, why not address both? <laughs> that's going like, to be the best way. Other than the salary cap, there's no reason <laughs> why you can't address both. And I think, and I understand it, Like that's probably, probably where most of the angst from Bears fans is coming yeah. from right now that they just haven't done enough on offense early on in this thing. Everybody wants to see a wide receiver signed. And really, everyone just wants to see Justin Fields put in a better position to have success. And so he needs better protection. I think Lucas Patrick will help that. But you still want to see more than just that. And who the heck is he throwing the football to?
0: Yeah, no, it's like a 1A, 1B, and that's how it should be. Because those are so vital for any success Justin Fields is going to have. Like, you can't prioritize one over the other, in my opinion. Yes, you can get a pass catcher, but will he have time? And then you could, again, reverse that. So it really is a 1A, 1B kind of situation in terms of trying to get the most out of Justin Fields.
2: Uh, You know, we we had this debate last week, though, and I ultimately did go with offensive line because I just. Same, yeah. You really do need to address both, but offensive line impacts the health of your quarterback more. You, know, yeah. you now he could sit back there in the pocket and not be touched and have nobody to throw the ball to, and that still doesn't help the offense.
0: But at least you're not getting Justin Fields hurt if you can pretend. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. So, the Bears do that, then maybe Justin Fields won't be, what, one of the most sack quarterbacks in the league going into 2022?
2: Yeah, and that needs to
0: improve. All right, a couple things.
2: Um, first of all, by far the biggest signing that has happened in the NFL is uh, ESPN signing Joe Buck. Oh my gosh, and yeah. Troy Aikman, <laughs> uh, which is now official. When official, uh, while I know that it was pretty much in the works last Friday, um, but they're talking about Troy Aikman making eighteen million dollars a year. Um, this actually, this tweet just came across from Front Office Sports. He'll make Troy Aikman will now make more annually than ninety-seven percent of active NFL players, and he's making a hell of a lot more than he ever made in the league. Back in the '90s wow. as a starting quarterback, um, so good for Troy Aikman cashing in. Joe Buck makes the move over there too, and for the first time in a long time, Monday Night Football like really has a
0: good team. Yeah, they do. Like it's been so long since I don't know. Maybe I've been excited to listen to like the you know the broadcast for a Monday Night Football game, but that that definitely brings the excitement. Is this a better job than being a backup quarterback in terms of money? <laughs> now we talked about Chase Daniel just ringing in the cash, but now you see what they're making that that's definitely up yeah. there, I would think
2: yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's it a actually- lot of work
0: obviously a lot of work, both both are obviously a lot of work, but backup quarterback or.
2: I still actually. I I still say
0: the backup quarterback's
2: doing more work throughout the week. Yeah, and also the backup
1: quarterback might actually have to get hit. (laughs) He he might actually have to play. (laughs) Might have to. Yeah.
2: Um, But yes, that's. uh, This is a big move, and I I care about the stuff in the media, but like, this is this is like Pat Summerall, John Madden, moving networks. Like, I mean, I'm not. Let me be. clear. I'm not putting. I'm not saying Joe Buck and Troy. I, I. Pat Summerall but stat, you know. and John Madden are the goats, but in terms of having a top team move from one network to the other, like this is that's the biggest move since like Summerall and Madden were doing this, and I would argue that this is the best team that they've had on Monday Night Football since Al Michaels was paired with John Madden. Oh man, which was right at the end of John Madden's broadcasting career. No love for Dennis Miller. No love for Dennis
1: Miller. Cha <laughs> cha, <Shot>, babe. <laughs>
0: I was watching uh, just, uh, I think, was it Greg Olson's Instagram story l- yesterday? Or maybe it was Jay Cutler's, but they were talking about possibly re- uniting and being in a broadcast booth. Because I know Jay Cutler's been trying to do that for, seems like forever now. When well, he was, had the gig, and then had, he gave yeah. it
2: up to go play for the Dolphins. That and didn't go well, and then he the lost right the gig with Fox. So, yeah, there has been some rumblings that Jay Cutler could get back in the booth.
0: And I've always said, I think, he, I I think, think he'd, do he'd be great. good at it. I think that would be entertaining. I I mean, just him pairing up with Greg Olson, too. I don't know how that would work out, but I think it would be entertaining. Um, The
2: other thing I wanted to address is some of the rule changes that have been proposed. Now, the stuff will all get taken care of at the owners' meetings here in a couple weeks. Sometimes they get tabled to May, Um, the biggest of which is the overtime Mm. rules, which seems to actually have a lot of momentum, So a couple teams have brought to the table the one that everybody seems to like, which is, it's not the first time it's been proposed, by the way, but it seems like this might be the first time they actually make a change, potentially, but the idea that both teams will get a possession in overtime, regardless of you score a touchdown, don't score a touchdown, the game would not be over, and this
0: would fix what happened in the Chiefs. I I didn't want that game game to ever end, (laughs) just how I was going. Like a lot of people, right, they were just going back and forth, back and forth, but, yeah, I'm I'm all for it because when you have two high-caliber quarterbacks like that going at it, keep it going. Now, the other one that the Titans
2: brought to the table has to do with overtime is if you score a touchdown but then go for two and convert the two-pointer, then the game would be over. See, but to me though, that still doesn't solve the problem exactly. of you. Josh Allen didn't get the ball; he wouldn't get the opportunity again. Yeah. So I don't. Ever. I guess I don't really
1: understand the point of that. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we could do a whole podcast on fixing overtime because there's so many ways to do it. I, I mean, there's a ton. I, the, Josh Allen had to get the ball. He had to get the ball. I wonder in the chat, like,
0: does that solve it? The two point, like, if you get it and then the game's over. I right.
2: well, wh- one thing I've ranted about for years is the. It, Coming down to a coin is the dumbest thing ever. (laughs) Like, why are we leaving this up to a coin? That makes zero. There's no logic in a coin. It's just something that's been a thing forever, and so we keep doing it. Uh, All the other sports have built-in home field advantages for, for rules. Okay, hockey, line change, last change, when your stick goes down on the face-offs, those are built-in rules for the home team that give the home team a slight advantage. In baseball, the home team bats last. It's a built-in So, to me, there's no reason why the home team, at the start of every game, doesn't always just get the choice of kick, kicking, receiving, deferring, whatever they want, uh, and then the same thing should apply in overtime, regardless of what you do with <laughs> how the game ends,
0: I it's coming down to a coin. Makes no sense to me. Well, I'll take that even a step further, Adam. I mean, f- how these teams get first downs. It's, again, this old traditional bring out the chains, all this technology that that's around. It's like we have lasers now. Yeah, it's like did the ball cross the line of scrimmage? Oh, let's bring out this you know the chain gang to really yes, see like it. a
1: sixty-five year old guy yeah, with a big well, gut is like running like oh yeah, I've got the spot. <laughs> sure, sure you do.
0: Sure you yeah, do. sure you do. So it's like there's um. There's things that could be changed for sure.
2: Um, and then the one I want to bring up that does have a little bit of a connection to the Bears before we got here, the Eagles were among a few teams that proposed a change that doesn't really affect the play so much as they want to uh, restrict secondary front office members from getting poached to other teams mm. until after the draft. So it would basically allow teams to deny interviews, uh, similar to what they can do with assistant coaches, until after the draft, and then there would be a period after the draft where all those, uh, you know, assistant GMs, uh, director of college scouting, whatever, can interview for other jobs that are not. So these are non-GM jobs. The example being. And it's not surprising the Eagles are the team proposing this, <laughs> yeah. they lost Ian Cunningham to the Bears. So Ian Cunningham got hired by Ryan Poles to be his assistant GM, and basically the Eagles, among other teams, are trying to block those types of moves from happening until after the draft, which I understand because the draft season in the front office runs on a different calendar than the rest of oh, the yeah. NFL, and especially when it comes to scouts, their contracts, directors of college scouting, their contracts, they all run through the draft, and then that's when they... They reset. So it is a different calendar, and I can see where they're coming from on that.
0: You know, Adam, I thought you were going to say that you can't win off a double doink when you said, like, the Eagles, and, you know, it <laughs> didn't go that direction. But I can see why the Eagles would make, want that rule change.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I do. I do. I, I said
2: this when Cody Parkey hit the upright four times in a game. Like, you should get points for that. That's way harder That's than a making rule. a field goal. <laughs> oh, Easily. They hit the
1: upright four times in one game. Yeah, you but you, you got to call it to the ref before you <laughs> kick it. So I'm going to aim for that and give me four. <laughs> I'm going to hit that pole.
2: <laughs> uh, still ridiculous. All right, we got to get out of here. Thanks, Sarah, everybody, for watching today. So many people watching. We appreciate it. It's awesome to see. And remember, uh, if you are listening to this as a podcast later, we are live every day on YouTube at 11 a.m. And for those of you watching on YouTube, if you happen to miss it one day, listen to it as a podcast we appreciate it however you consume the show we appreciate it make sure you're checking out chgo underscore sports all chgo.com to become a member uh and as i say every day tell a friend just one thing send off a text day tell somebody about us and uh and join in we appreciate all the support for nicholas moriano i'm adam ho we'll be back tomorrow with olin Cruz.